It's the Dive Podcast. It's the Dive Podcast. It's the Dive Podcast. FYI, what's my FYI? That's actually me. It's not. It's not an Irish person in the kitchen. It's Will. Will. And you're probably looking at me and wondering how can you even make such sounds? Yeah. Is such are the? I thought. I thought you were. I don't know, man. I thought you were. I thought you were. You were a chameleon. Oh, yeah. Well, I am. I am a chameleon, but I'm not an Irish person. You're not a reptilian, though, are you? Well, well. Let's let the viewers decide that, or the uh, listeners, rather. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Is that Sal? The is that Sal, or are we about to get broken into during our podcast, the recording of our podcast, our 18th episode? Somebody has broken into our house. They are violent individuals. Mm. Oh no, it's just Sal. Oh, is that for me? Um. I'm not going to eat during this one. You're not going to eat during this one? No. All right. But, um, ah, ah. Oh, did you folks, make Folks. What's up, folks? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Will underscore Messenger, and... Little Mel, you know, a.k.a. Shady Mellow Joker, a.k.a. The Mellow Man, a.k.a. Uh, the only person whose movie opinions matter because I have a movie podcast. Mm-hmm. So if anybody ever asks me if Ants deserves to be four stars on Letterboxd, the answer is yes. Because mm-hmm. I'm a movie critic, I'm a famous movie podcaster, yeah. and so my opinion outvalidates all of yours. It outvalidates everybody. See, those are the kinds of words that you probably didn't even learn when you were getting your... Your PhD in in the Dogma ninety five movement, mm-hmm. the French New Wave movement, right. which in which case would completely unvalidate you. Yeah. you know, in yeah. the shadow of a pod a movie podcasting titan such as Ramel, aka the Shady Mellow Joker, aka the Mellow Man, aka the Mellow Man. Because you know, while y'all out were out there in school learning about films, watching shit like. Like, uh, fucking, uh, uh, Notorious and, and Solaris. I was down in the alleyway, digging through a dumpster, eating trash, and I think I, I found more enlightenment in that dumpster, eating trash movies, just eating them up, just having trash takes, because I have had to defend my viewpoints harder than you all ever will have to because everybody universally agrees oh yeah Solaris is an artsy fartsy movie whatever but you know how hard it is to defend Ants the movie it's very hard which makes me a master debater I don't think Solaris is my favorite Tarkovsky movie but I'd have to go back and watch it it's been a minute um 
So, you know, but, but what you're basically saying is you studied the blade. Yeah, well, you were studying the film, I studied the blade. While you were watching Tarkovsky, I was, I was watching Michael Bay. While you were <laughs> shocked in awe by the atrocities committed by Ari Oster, I, I wavered backwards and, and seeked out the hopes and, and, and dreams that I, I sheltered within Sam Raimi. That's that's the kind of man I am. Well, I will say uh, you were knocking Notorious earlier because I'm imagining you just saw it lying around, and I have to say, um, you might like it. Oh, yeah. You might like Notorious. I think it is one of Hitchcock's best. I sort of break Hitchcock into like you have the um, horrorcore Hitchcock with stuff mm. like. Um, the birds and psycho and then you have his more sort of kind of i guess cerebral um sort of uh um kind of like otherworldly sort of movies like Ooh. vertigo and um and rebecca and then you have his like pretty straightforward sort of suspense thrillers like notorious and i think the notorious is like the best one of the best thrillers yeah, it's it's probably the best in his thriller canon. Although my favorite movie uh, from him is is in the broad scheme of his filmography is still probably The Birds. Ah. I love The Birds. The Birds is just like um, it's amazing. Yeah, there's something about Shock. it that's like sublime. I'm almost. sure when people first saw it, it was it was shocking. You know, when was it? I was. What yeah. movie did I watch the other day? Was it? It's not really shocking. It sort of gets to you on like a yeah. almost subconscious. It's level. like uh, Hitchcock was the 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 Ari Oster of his era. He was he he gave you that subliminal, like underneath your skin kind of creepy crawly feely that Ari Oster gives me whenever I hear his name because he's a yeah he's he's he's, he's, he's reptilian. Yeah, well, I think uh, I think that Psycho. Um, probably had a similar effect to um, people at the time that it came out that, um, you know, his movies had in the sense that it really just got under people's skin. I mean, I um, I have a family member, I want to say it was maybe my grandma or an aunt who saw that in theaters when it came out, and after she saw it, she could not take a shower. Um, get down! Oh, man. Hey! She couldn't take a shower um, if she was home alone. Wow. Yeah. She, that is... she, could, she could only take a shower if somebody else was in the house. Mm. Because it was that traumatic for her. No, it is traumatic. Yeah. Kind of as traumatic as hereditary. And uh, this pop, that popping sound, that like... Yeah, yeah. That shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ari Aster, thank you for ruining that for me. For the rest of my life. You need to branch out. You need to get over it. You need to understand that, like, you know, we've all had... um, This man is clearly um, unwell, and he has found an outlet for his um, existential dread that is uh, healthy. And, uh, you know, you just kind of need to get over that, all right? I'm sorry that he made you permanently sick, for the rest of your life. Yeah. But, you I will know. Never, I'll never forgive him. 
Sorry, Ari. Well, uh, give me that horror comedy. The already. world is sick. Damn. Yeah. I'm waiting well, for your horror comedy, Ari. Get that shit out there. I have a prediction. I'm predicting it's going to be just as upsetting as everything else. He's oh yeah, Look, it's going to be very upsetting. But it, is, maybe it'll be funny. I think it. I, I'm. I'm very much looking forward to it. I think. Uh, I mean, one of his short films is about a. Um, private detective whose uh, dick shrivels up and like goes inside of his body and he just like he just loses his dick basically and it's like it's so stupid but it's so manic and funny um ari i hate you ari oster please never come over but this is not the Oster Hour. This is today. We're actually coming at you live. Oh yeah, from live from Hong Kong Police or, Department, or it's Hong Kong, or the uh, or Chinatown, or Chinatown, of Los Angeles, yeah, yeah, depending on what yeah. angle you're looking at it from. Welcome to California. It's mm-hmm. the '90s. California love. It's more like the real real time yeah. theme. Yeah, I like it. That was good, Will. Yeah, but you know, it, it has a similar sort of rhythm. I think. Yeah. Sort of pulsating. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, the ninety, very nineties, very eighties. Yeah, 80s, so nineties. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag nineties, baby. Welcome. We're coming at you live from. Uh, China pre xenophobia. Uh, it uh, is a time that we all look back on fondly. Mm-hmm. A time when we really thought we could, we were very close to world peace. A time when, when, you know, you you just you just you could get along with anybody as long as you could sit down and have a beer with them. And yeah. That was that's the world we're coming at you from. It's 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 the it's the it's a world of, of slapstick fun, yeah. cliches, action, and the, the most badass choreography around you've ever seen. And everybody's favorite actor, uh, Jackie Chan. Yeah, we're looking at Police Story, and then uh, uh, which you know I think I haven't watched a ton of his. Um, you Other know, Hong Kong films. Yeah, his, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I've seen that. I've now seen Police Story Two. I've seen Drunken Master, which is really good. But you know, it's sort of considered like the height of his uh, Chinese work, which oh yeah, um, makes me feel uh, um, you know justified in saying that uh, I can now speak authoritatively on Jackie Chan's, uh, you know, what makes his Chinese body of work really great. Yeah. But I can also speak authoritatively on what makes, what what distinguishes his American body of work because I've seen his most famous American movie. Hell yeah. The Beloved 1996 action comedy directed by Brett Ratner, co-starring Chris Tucker, Rush Hour. Damn. Yeah. Fucking love Rush Hour. That movie, I just... I just, mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah. I just love that movie. Yeah. It's... I, I don't know. I don't know why. It's, you know how there's people who are obsessed with the Die Hard series? Yeah. I, Rush Hour is your Die Hard? I have to say, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yikes, fam. You know what? I'm not Hey, but be... there's people who do the same thing with Bad Boys, man. 
Yeah. People love Bad Boys. Hmm. Um, the hype about Bad Boys 3 when it dropped a few months ago. Yeah. Or last year, maybe? I don't know. I completely hmm. forgot. Did yeah. it come out last year? It came out last year. That yes. was... That blew up. The Bad Boys hype, that mm-hmm. was on another level. But I think that the reason for that is that um, the Bad Boys... Um, Oh, wait. I think Bad Boys for Life actually did come out in 2020. I think it came out early this year. It came out in January. <laughs> Very strange, um, considering the amount of hype it did have. But um, but no, I, I think but I think there was more anticipation for that because um, people still love Will Smith. They still love Martin Lawrence. They still love the first two movies. Yeah, that's true. A lot of that love for the Rush Hour franchise... Um, you think it's dead? You think people don't love Rush Hour anymore? Yeah, I mean, come on. You got Chris Tucker, who um, is sort of a, a washed-up, perpetually sort of um, in-debt kind of train wreck who, who you know, was a... Um, whose who's, who's 90s stardom... Um, Burned and faded away with the sort of, uh, um, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Like quickness mm. or whatever with the, 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 the speed of only the shiniest star. That's if, true. If anybody followed hey. that thread. I mean, yeah, yeah. he had, a, he had a, a fucking hell of a run with Rush Hour, Rush Hour <laughs> 2. Rush Hour 3, but also the fifth element, but also everybody's yeah. favorite 90s stoner comedy Friday. Yeah. And, um, hold on, what else has he been? Man, Chris Tucker did a lot of good work in the 90s uh-huh. and early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he you know, he was making um, big. bank then. He and was big. Exactly. Big deal, Chris Tucker. Wow, he's not been in a lot of movies, actually. That's pretty much it. Oh, he was also the guy who uh, Samuel L. Jackson caps in uh, the beginning of Jackie Brown. Oh. <laughs> but, um, but, I mean, he... Yeah, so, I mean, those those movies, I mean, were huge, and he was sort of kind of the, the star of all of them. Um, and But since then, he's, he's, he's kind of washed up. And um, Sorry, Chris Tucker, if yeah, you ever sorry. listen to this. And then Brett Ratner, who the hell knows? I think he he's also washed up. He he's gone me too. So you know he's probably. I doubt he's gonna. You know there. I, I doubt there's gonna be a rush hour for. Oh I just no. Do. Which um yeah yeah that was my that was my response. That was that was my that's oh, no. one of the most shocking news of 2020. Mm-hmm. If anything that's that's the December. Uh, a disaster of 2020 is that we have solid solid evidence that points to there never being a rush hour for yeah the solid evidence being that um you heard it from you know you you heard it from me and i'm an authoritative i'm the king of hollywood i'm the president of hollywood so i know what gets green light and what doesn't? Yeah. And all that I'm gonna say about Rush Hour Four is, Brett, Stiff. you 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 ruined me. You <laughs> uh, are never gonna work in this town again. You're a bum. You're a boob. <laughs> and quite frankly, I could just—I mean, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's not like Michael Bay directed. I mean, the the 
third they came out with another Bad Boys and you know Bay didn't direct it, so there's no reason I can't make another Rush Hour ostensibly or greenlight another Rush Hour. But the reason I'm not going to do it is because you and your name are so tainted yeah. because you are a living, breathing taint that I don't want to <laughs> have. I don't want to do anything or greenlight anything that has your your little grubby paw prints on them. Yeah. So. I'm telling you, as the president, as the mayor of this fucking town, that if you're expecting another Rush Hour 4 because um, those first three movies were so important to your childhood, guess what? You know what you're fucking getting? You're getting 20 more Marvel movies. No! God damn it! Anything but that. You're getting a Star Wars trilogy. Another one that is just based on Ray. Uh. And because I got with Kathleen Kennedy and we decided, you know what? You know how to best show those those man children online? Those man children who said that, that <laughs> Ray is is um, you know, the worst thing and, and Kathleen Kennedy is the worst thing and they don't care about girl power and they don't care about all of these things that, that we have decided is going to be the new business model going forth and is going to make us a shitload of money. Well, you know what? We're going to make those fucking... We're going to make another fucking Ray trilogy just to spite you bastards. Nice. And it's all going to be about her and it's all going to be a female cast. We're going to bimbify Finn. We're going to oh, bimbify Poe or whatever mm, the hell his yes. name is. We're mm. going to bimbify Mark Hamill. Okay, okay. And Han Solo. We're going to figure it out somehow. We can do the alternative timeline shit that Ooh. they introduced into the Marvel Universe. It doesn't matter. I like it. You're all complete... Um, Oops. Yeah, you you don't you don't none of this stuff means anything. Yeah, basement to you. dwelling boobs. Yeah, your basement dwelling boobs. Your your imbeciles, your dullards, your cretins, and you're gonna love whatever we shovel into your mouth, regardless of its quality. Damn. Yeah. That was quite the monologue, Will. Well, it's just the truth. That's just quite the discourse. I enjoyed it. Um, I expect nothing less from the president of Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, that was amazing. I care about women. And, look, chicks rock. And it's really important to me that their stories are told and not by telling new stories, you know? Yeah. Not by actually, like, giving, like, real sort of female auteurs, like, creative freedom. No, no, no. I want female voices, but in the same franchises that are just now being reheated and repurposed and pumped with Viagra so that the pricks of the of those, you know, in yeah, this yeah. analogy are These able to boobs. keep enough blood in them to stay erect. Oh. And that is what I really care about. It's it's giving women a voice and a space inside of the same three franchises. Um, that, that, that now define our popular culture and now are pretty much the only thing that the majority of uh, American men consume. And that's because, you know, I believe in, in girl bosses and female power, empowerment. So I don't care about Greta Gerwig. <laughs> I don't care about, um, that, you know, the woman who directed um, The Souvenir. Um, all of, you know, all of these... Tour female directors that people like Robert Pattinson are working. I don't care about them. Mm-hmm. All right? I don't want their new stories. You I want, want women stories. in old stories. But yeah. they have women now. 
more man. And they have um, people of color, too. Yes. That's what my daughter told me. You know, I have to, you know, I can't. I have, that's the right that's politically correct. Politically you know. correct terminology. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so I'm just saying, get it through your skulls. Damn. Yeah. That's the president of Hollywood coming at you mm-hmm. with a very important message. Oh, I do love the rush hour, though. I w- as I was saying before. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you ranted about about rush hour i love mm-hmm. rush hour we're actually working on a rush hour I'm female working. reboot yes no i want a rush hour reboot but it's uh uh jackie chan's ish oh tiffany haddish well yeah we just you need a black woman and a chinese woman oh yeah 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 we could do that yeah i would i would i want a oh did you see the new shaft movie um, Aquafina would be perfect. No, I did not see the new Shaft. Okay, movie. so the new Shaft movie—it's basically the son, the grandson of the original Shaft mm-hmm. takes up the mantle of Shaft by working with his dad Samuel <laughs> Jackson yeah. to do Shaft things. So I'm thinking with the new Rush Hour reboot, it's just the son of Jackie Chan and the son of Chris Tucker, just just literally working together with their dads to solve a case. Uh, it's got to be a woman. It's gotta be. Oh, it's it's Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker's daughters. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. As long as you know, it can work. I like. It, it just has to be. That's freaking. That's excellent. That's that's a hit movie right there. You know how we had Lady Ghostbusters? It's gonna be Lady Rush Hour. I will watch it. I will consume it. Mm-hmm. I will eat the shit out of it. Yes, because it's Rush Hour. Exactly. Just like how I eat the shit out of anything with the Ocean's Eleven label on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'll do. Yeah, uh, I actually heard that Ladies Ocean Eleven was good. Fucking badass. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Anyways, oh, we haven't even talked about the other movie we did with Rush Hour. Well, this is how every podcast, you know. Oh well, yeah, I know. Yeah, but Police Story. Yeah, fucking great movie. Actually, I mean, yes. I've never. Actually, no. I've seen lots of kung fu movies. I love kung fu. I've seen mm-hmm. Jackie Chan's Drunken Master. Yeah. I've seen uh, a bunch of Jet Li films, Donnie Yen films. Mm-hmm. I even uh, wandered a bit into the Ong Bak series. Fucking okay. badass. Yeah. Uh, I love, like, martial arts fucking movies. But you know what Jackie Chan, I love about Jackie Chan's movies? Mm-hmm. It's that comedic element that comes with his, with his fights. Yes. You know? And that's... I haven't seen any other movies that have that comedic element to it. Oh, I think that he is He's like an action comedian. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, he, I mean, Jackie Chan has basically married um, the sort of technique and, you know, virtuosity that's required, required to be a like um, a kung fu star with like sort of the creative, like the comedic choreography of like a Charlie Chaplin oh, or yeah. Buster Keaton. Like he's sort of right. married those two styles to, um, you know, I, I just always, I've always like enjoyed his um, choreography and his like action set pieces in that sense a lot more because there's a lot more creativity mm-hmm. involved, the way he like utilizes like surrounding objects in very kind of unexpected ways um, and kind of like a lot of his action requires like a setup and then like a punchline. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It's, oh yeah. man, you're right. That A lot of his sequences are built exactly like comedic, comedic like, like yeah. comedic jokes and it's, 
that's brilliant. I've never thought about it like that before. Yeah. Where you can, you literally see the whole thing unfold. You see, like, say, an object Jackie Chan's going to use, and it just falls into the right place. Mm-hmm. And then later on, he, like, jumps on it, and he uses it. Oh, that's just it's brilliant. Yeah. And, and I mean, Police Story works on, on so many levels. I mean, it works really well as a police procedural in that, like, I mean, every um, police drama, I think, like, a big sort of motif in them is sort of um, the, like, like, like the, sh- like, kind of the the uh, bureaucracy sort of being an obstacle to police officers actually trying to solve crime. I mean, uh, this is like in Rush Hour and Police Story where it's like, you know, I, uh, it's like I have this, I have this video on Instagram. I have one video on Instagram that I've ever posted. And it's basically me just doing this character who's like, You, without a doubt, are insubordinate, uncooperative, arrogant, and short-sighted. You are reckless. You are irresponsible. You do not think about how your actions affect this entire operation. And you're the best plane cater we've got. You are unorthodox. You don't listen. You're arrogant. You blew up an entire city block. But you're the best police officer that we've got. And it's like, you know, both of these movies are very much like, yeah. uh, kind I, of follow think, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 because um, that that exact scene you just did mm-hmm. from your Instagram video, yeah. it literally happens in, in Rush, Rush Hour. Hour. Yeah. And but I think in Rush Hour it's as a joke because I think the chief or the yeah the, the police chief's trying to to pawn off Chris Tucker to yes. the FBI. And so he's talking Chris Tucker up uh, as some kind of super cop, and it's just it's just hilarious. His monologue, like as soon as he started saying the monologue, I looked over at you, Will, and I was like, <gasps> "Yep, that's that. That's it's that character." I mean, um, but Police Story, like it, it has that in it, which I think is great. It also has like this great like um, courtroom drama scene where he has tried to um now they're trying to nail the guy who he arrested in court and they're like cross-examining him about like um like the movie starts with them doing this big raid on this like um you know criminal organization and then it ends with a chase down a hill oh it was amazing yeah yeah oh it's so good and then jackie chan has to like basically apprehend the like crime boss when he's on the bus and um he like sees a a um you know he sees him like hand off this like briefcase of money which then he has to like um sort of incorporate that into his uh, courtroom testimony but then he's like cross-examined on it yeah and they're like trying to punch holes in its story and like that scene by itself is actually just works really really well as like a um like a courtroom drama and it really shows the dexterity of this movie where it's like the action set pieces are so well thought out and they're so brilliantly executed the courtroom drama scene is a great courtroom drama by itself there's a scene in his girl girlfriend's apartment where um he is like who's he taught what 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 is like the um setup of that scene oh he's like talking to 
um, somebody on the phone. Yeah. It's like the girl who he has to um, protect. For yeah, her, protect, for and her. he's like taking her into his um, yeah, custody yeah. because she's like a witness, and he has to protect her. Um, but he also has like a girlfriend, and his girlfriend like sees him with the um, witness he's trying to protect and then there's this great drawn out scene where he's like talking to the witness about his girlfriend while his girlfriend's there and um, there's like this like great sort of comedic tension where you're afraid he's going to say the wrong thing and it's like kind of this like kind of really great ping-ponging dialogue that's really clever and really funny Um, yeah and and like this the, the movie just like is so dexterous and it works on so many different levels and like watching this and then watching the rush hour movie like like rush hour is is like a fun movie it's like a fun action comedy but i think that like the thing that a lot of people have pointed out about the action scenes is that like there's a lot more clarity in um how like uh jackie like shoots his his action scenes when he's making a chinese action movie because like he has more resources so he's able to get these like the full sort of um set piece like on camera without any cuts yeah but because like he was he's working in the hollywood system when making movies like rush hour where they don't have as much like time or resources um they're not able to get the these like the full like like sort of Um, action set piece on camera and then they have to like edit the action in with like these cuts basically yeah so there's less clarity of the action and i think it's sort of he's like been it's really interesting how he's like exported to america basically like he's sort of kind of neutered a little bit right yeah yeah he is but it's like it's just funny to watch because it's clearly like like rush hour is is a movie that's made for him like it's a movie it's like i think it was conceptualized as a jackie chan movie because he really is sort of the heart and soul of it um in terms of like it's action comedy and like the the those scenes like where he has to like flip up a chair into his his you know a bad guy's face are kind of like the moments where the movie shines and he's like the real sort of driving force of the movie but some of that like um kind of like magic and talent just gets sort of um kind of uh what's the word I'm, watered down yeah basically. it's very it's it is it is watered down i'll say rush hour is a very it is a movie made for jackie la chan right mm-hmm. it's a jackie chan movie but it's very much marketed towards an american audience yeah and with police story I think it has a, I don't know why, but I feel like Police Story has like a broader, like audience in mind mm-hmm. when it was when it was made, and I think that that really shines through because I don't think uh, a lot of Police Story. I don't think the uh, there's not a big like problem with like a language barrier or anything like that which I think is a a testament I guess to police stories dedication to say like the motifs and cliches of police like movies you know Mm -hmm. cop dramas because it's it's uh, you don't have to work you don't have to work too hard to understand what's going on in the movie yeah and honestly the the set piece action set pieces are just so stunning that even if you weren't getting the story uh, you kind of just 
like fall into the movie because of how like visually uh, appealing it is, right? Yeah. Um, I know it's. Uh, uh, I think I read somewhere. Can't confirm or deny this. <laughs> Sorry, it's, I know it's. I read it somewhere. I read somewhere that a lot of these um, uh, are like uh, Hong Kong action films. Uh, a lot of these uh, the stars there. Uh, they didn't start off as martial artists, right? Yeah. They, they started off at, at a dance school. They were dancers Interesting. who learned uh, how to dance, and that's how they learned choreography so well. And then they got into martial arts, ah. and so they, that's how they were able to better, yeah, uh, you know, do uh, the choreography. It translates basically. Yeah, it translates just like the kung fu translates to the just straightforward comedy. Yeah. Because it's all sort of built on the same principles. Yeah. Now, yeah. so with with Jackie Chan coming to Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. We like we we just said that it is watered down. Now that we kind of like think about it a little harder, uh, a lot of like Jackie Chan Hollywood movies are very <laughs> watered down when yes. we start thinking about it. Because we think about say. Uh, Rush Hour, right? Yeah, the, this, in this movie, his, his action set piece are kind of watered down. And they kind of make extra room for more Chris Tucker than I think mm-hmm. I would want in a, in a Jackie Chan film. Yeah, he does. I think he does a good job of what he's, like, meant. I, I think he does, like, a good job of the comic relief that he's sort of supposed to yeah. provide. I, I mean, think, he is charismatic in the movie. Yeah, he's. I think he does a. I think yeah, I think he does a good job. But I think he he does have to take a, a, a larger role than I think uh, is warranted. Yeah, is warranted in like say a rush hour. Yeah, and I think I, I see the same trend with like some of his other mo- Jackie's other movies, mm-hmm. where he kind of has to share the this t- uh, the billing with other large, mm-hmm. larger Hollywood films. Because I remember, um, what's that movie? Shanghai Nights. In yeah. Shanghai Noon, he shares like the title card with say uh, Owen Wilson, right? Yeah. And now that I think about it, the action there is also a little bit more watered down as well. Mm-hmm. And then. Let's see. I'm trying to think of all the Jackie Chan movies I've seen. Yeah. And weirdly enough, I remember Around the World in 80 Days, mm-hmm. which is like that Disney slapstick comedy. And I think, honestly, I think some of Jackie's, Jackie work does pretty good there because there's a lot of like, like because of the fantastical like setting, right? Mm-hmm. It, it allows Jackie to like explore more like options with his um, choreography. Yeah. And I think it works better when kind of like hand Jackie the reins more. Yeah. But then I remember movies like Tuxedo. Yes. I've heard that's dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Very bad. Or or what's the, the, <coughs> the newer Jackie Chan movies? Like, the, what was it? The, the Spy Next Door? Or was it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. Um. And you start wondering, hmm, what's going on? Yeah. Explain this phenomenon to me, president of Hollywood. Well, see, the thing about American (laughs) audiences is that they love kids. (laughs) They love the kids. They love the little shits. All right? They love to see them, you know, singing nursery rhymes and, and... you know, making farting jo- jokes or whatever it is, because they have to yeah. deal with that at home, so they love to get more of it on this little screen. So then you put a big star 
You put a big star that everybody loves, and all you have to do is put his name on a poster, and you've already got a million bucks right there. And then you put those two things together, and uh, I don't know why I'm doing a... Yeah, what's, what's with the Bernie, Bernie impression? Accent. Well, I've been trying to uh, work on a um, like an Andrew Dice Clay impression. Um, and I think I find myself slipping into Bernie. You do? He, yeah. He was super Bernie. Hey, I'm the Dice Man. I'm the fucking Dice Man. I'm the fucking king of comedy. Oh! You know, whatever. Yeah, it is. That's, that's not bad. That was, that was better. Yeah, Jake and Jill. When you start, when you start throwing your hand motions in there, you become more Bernie-like. Jerk. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, right. <laughs> I have to keep my hands tied if yeah. I want to do an Andrew, if I want to do a Dice Man impression. Yeah, yeah. If you move your arms, you become Bernie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. This is like, this is the problem that I have with, um, I mean, this is kind of like, I try to sort of recalibrate myself so that I can just enjoy, like, Hollywood blockbusters, um... You know, it's it's hard for me because like a lot of them are just so like, it's like, it's, it's a require, it it almost feels just mandatory that they all have to have the same cliches and the same sort of, um, cadences and the same sort of like, um, see like, like kind of logic, um, that it's, it's just like. I, I, that it, it's like they, it's they're like condemning. Right? Yeah, it is frustrating. It's, it's like you don't have to condemn yourself to being so mediocre. I mean, I just remember when I um, saw, like, I saw the um, Godzilla sequel that came out. Oh with yeah, Vera Farminga, and like she's just it's so. It is insane. very formulaic. Yeah, it's very formulaic, and it's just kind of she's like I. I'm going to become an eco-terrorist because my son died and yeah. I'm going to wipe the earth of humanity because humanity is a scourge and then she unleashes the monsters and they start killing people and she's like I don't want this it's like <laughs> bitch what the fuck <laughs> you literally said it is what you yeah. wanted and you know what's funny is like I don't mind formula right like yeah. police story police story is formulaic cliched yeah. and, and it follows a cadence yeah but there's it's good yeah, it, it has like it has like real sort of artsmanship and creativity that yeah. like actually shines through and yeah, I don't know. I it's mean, got it's got charm. It's got it really does. Pizzazz, character. Yes. And you know what, Rush Hour. The, the you know what the problem with Rush Hour is. Mm-hmm. You could release this the same movie. Yeah. Now, and it would it wouldn't feel out of place. Yeah, and I think that's the problem with why I think you you kind of don't enjoy Rush Hour as much as you might have if you had seen it in like 1998 or 96. Because yeah. I think in 96 it's a little fresher. It's a fresher taste. Sure. You know, Jackie's in Hollywood first time. That's your first time seeing mm-hmm. even that tiny like even if it's like uh, watered down. That's your first time seeing some real good. Yeah. Or some pretty decent like uh, Chinese action comedy. Yeah. That maybe a lot of people weren't used to unless you were like watching those those old bootleg like kung fu movies that Wu Tang was watching back then. Yeah. But it's like the real hipsters. Yeah, the real hipsters <laughs> watching those kung fu movies. Yeah. But the the problem is, like, Hollywood hasn't like changed it up in what almost thirty years? No. Because if like I seen the same yeah, movie. They keep making Rush Hour over and over again. Yeah. But with you remember when I said Ever since Guardians of the Galaxy came out, every movie is just Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. 
Yes. And I feel like as we, it, it, it's kind of like whenever we see any police movie nowadays, mm-hmm. it's either always just a rehash of, say, Dirty Harry or Lethal yeah. Weapon. Yeah. Or it's just another rush hour. Yeah. And we've seen that a million times. Mm-hmm. Like even the other guys, which was fresh because it had it focused way more on comedy than it did on action, right? Yeah. So people like the other guys, but then, but it's literally just kind of like Rush Hour. It's just Rush Hour. Yeah. I, well, I think it's Rush Hour, but it also has a more sort of irreverent sense yeah. of humor. It's kind of like, like a, a police it's a political movie. Yeah. <laughs> It's a police movie that's making fun of police movies while also showing you, like, yeah, more. And it's it's kind of interesting that we mm-hmm. we're seeing like, like these 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 movies are following formulas, but the only movies that pop out that we remember is when somebody takes this exact same formula, mm-hmm. right? Don't doesn't change the formula, but like spices it up, you know? Yeah, it's like making a. It's like making a pizza. You get bored of pizza all the time, right? But what if somebody made you a buffalo uh, chicken pizza? Yeah. It's, it's, it's different, and it's good, mm-hmm. and, but you, it's still pizza, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. I want, just... I want, I think you, you, you hit, like, the, the nail the, with the hammer. Mm-hmm. You hit the nail on the head with the hammer. Yeah, you I hit the... You, you use the hammer to hit the nail on the head. Yeah, into, into the... Into the, the um, the plank. Yeah, it's a plank. Which is, in this analogy, the what we're trying to get to the bottom of. Yeah. Which is the other side of the plank. Yeah. And I hit the head, the head of the nail with the head of the hammer yeah, and when I said that. Yeah, when you said that the, that there's a big problem with, with Hollywood just cramming everything into the same three fucking franchises yeah. and not giving liberty to auteurs because now we see it right Jackie Chan was an auteur mm-hmm. he was fucking giving us action comedy on a level we'd never seen before mm-hmm. but now they they, they, they they look at how they massacred my man by giving us the spy next door they massacred my boy it was inevitable it's inevitable right yeah and I'm sure Maybe that's why I just hate movie franchises, you know? Mm-hmm. Or superhero movies, because goddamn. I remember watching Iron Man 1. First Iron Man. It's good. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. And then it's like... <sighs> right? <sighs> They're boring. Why? They're fucking boring, dude. That's And that's what I'm saying. And like... Or like, when you watch Star Wars the first time, like, fuck, dude. I was like, what? I forget how old I was when when Phantom Menace came out, but I didn't I didn't give a shit. Yeah, shit was fun. I was like, what? Nobody's seen Star Wars in thirty years since the eighties, mm-hmm. and then suddenly you got a new Star Wars. It's and never it's gonna like, happen ever again. Yeah, because we keep fucking feeding us Star Wars content. It's like I'm kind of tired of Star Wars, guys. You know why it worked with the prequels? Because nobody had seen any new Star Wars content for thirty years. Yes. Anyways, well, that's kind of like a rant. You know, we get into this rant a lot whenever we watch movies, and I always defend the bad movies, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I will never defend a franchise movie. I'll defend bad auteur pieces, I guess, which is a weird way to say well, it. Well, right? they have a they have a heart and soul. Yeah, they have a like. I'll defend ants. You mm-hmm. know that movie? We I'm like, there's an ongoing joke between us, us friends, us, uh, me, Will, and our friends. It's yes. like 
I, I rated Ants a four-star movie on Letterboxd. And some people are fucking losing their mind. It's like, Ants isn't a four-star movie. And it's I'm a like, five-star movie. A, it could be a five-star movie. But it's it's got that that spice in it that's just like that wasn't any other animated movie at the time. A lot of people compare Ants to, say, A Bug's Life. But fucking Ants is more brutal. I don't think you're the only person who likes Ants. I think other people like Ants. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Ants is good. I think it was a, you know, reasonably well-reviewed um, movie when it came out. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. See? That's a fucking... See? Oh, but 52% from the audience score. Ooh. So you're almost in the minority there. Almost. Yeah. I'll defend Ants. I'll defend Ants. I'll defend... What other movie have I defended on... On this podcast that people hate, <laughs> that you've um, you've looked down on me for, I defended Sahara yeah, for God's sake. Yeah, the, that that uh, what is was it a Bradley Cooper or Matthew McConaughey movie? I, forgot. I think it's both. Are they both in it? I know. I know um, Will Forte is in it. Oh, you know what? No, no, no. It's Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. and then what's the guy who? Uh, um, um, Steve Zahn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the guy. Steve Zahn. Is this? Wow. That's uh, I totally messed up those names. I defended that movie. That movie kind of sucks, but man, it was it was good. Mm-hmm. It was it had it's fun. It had fun character. It, it was it was something that wasn't a franchise movie. <laughs> yeah, well, there's no there's no sort of um, there's no rhyme or reason. I mean, this is all very um, subjective, and I think that. Um, you know, when you're kind of working with this um, sort of formulaic model and just trying to do, you know, audience service. Like, what do people like? They like Kevin Hart. Ooh, what, what, what else do people like? Ooh, they like explosions. Ooh, and they also like The Rock. Bam! And they I just also made like CIA. The Rock. Yeah. Central Intelligence, that movie that came out and it's blocked from all of your minds because it wasn't good. Yeah. Um, you know, this is like, and, and sometimes you get something special when you do, when you put, when you make a movie that's just like a movie engineered for an actor or it's engineered to be like, oh, it's, it's action. And, you know, it, it clearly just started off as some executive producer who's just like, um, you know, saying like people like comedy, they also like action. So we're gonna make another action comedy. I haven't read the script. I'm sure it's fine. You know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes you get classics from that, but I, I guess my only point is that, um, and sometimes you get cult classics and movies that are just yeah. like fun guilty pleasures. Right. So there is a guilty yeah. pleasure. That's fine, but it's not a tenable. It's not um, a tenable model. model. It is no. not. It is an unfortunate fact. I, I realize this, right? Mm-hmm. That. I love these bad move original movies, right? Yeah. And uh, the sad thing is they just don't do good because they're not good, right? Yeah. They're not good. You like on. Uh, I'll say it here, folks. I'll, I'll break. I'll break my character for mm-hmm. a moment here, and I'll tell you guys. Oh. It's some of these movies I consume. I realize they're objectively bad, There's but I have to subjectively give them the benefit of the doubt for trying. Mm-hmm. They went out there and they tried, mm-hmm. and they fell flat on their face, and that's the problem these days, guys. A lot of movies that are independent—well, not independent—they're they're they're fresh, yeah. 
They're, they're made they're by new. an actual person with yeah, a vision. Exactly. Even if it's a shit vision. Yeah. Although I'm I think it's I feel like it's very benevolent to say Brett Ratner has yeah, it's very benevolent. I'll, I'll I'll agree with that. But the the script writers, the the the, the uh, stuntmen, even the, less so. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it just you know. Remember that one time we were cooking and we were just throwing random shit in there, and somehow something came out that tasted relatively good. I think it was, it was well. We're gonna have to depart on that. That was <laughs> not. Not great, but um, if you just throw shit, sometimes what but sometimes, just, but the point is, yeah, sometimes yeah. that does work, yeah, it works, and that's how we got the first rush hour. Not a great movie, mm-hmm. but goddamn, for some reason, they made three of them. It hits the spot, hits the spot. It's a, it's a hits the spot kind of movie, yeah. That I think is a good sort of um, kind of bar. For, for these kinds of movies to um, to clear. Yeah. Is that they hit are... Hit the spot. Yeah, they hit, hit the, spot. the spot. They ain't, we ain't finding any classics. You know, them. not every action movie is going to be a T2 or yeah. a Die Hard. Yeah. You know? Sometimes we need people. Uh, the real heroes of the world are the people who make... Uh, the people who make um, Sahara's and Rush Hour 1's mm-hmm. and... And uh, and what other movies? You're gonna have to put a list together, a letterbox list of like hits the spot action. Hits movies. the spots action movies. Yeah, like uh, like some of the Dwayne Johnson ones, like the first Fast and Furious or Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, but none of the others. Uh, you know the first three Fast and Furious movies hit the spot. The rest of them, no. Hobbs and Shaw hits the spot. The rest of them, no. You know, um, wait, the, the Fast and Furious movies did not even become, like, critically acclaimed until the fifth one. Yeah. That's, hmm. I so like the ones before that. Okay. Because they hit the spot. Because you, you can, it's like, it's like when you go to McDonald's, right? Mm-hmm. You can go to a better burger place. You can yeah. go to, uh, what's the, what's the fucking burger place uh, down in Midtown? What is it ever? It's called, like, something goat, goat house coat barn or something like that mm-hmm. you could go to you can go to like Whataburger or, or fucking some real bougie shit five, like, five guys or something yeah you can go to like five guys or something you can go to some fancy hipster burger joint and you can order a burger right mm-hmm. or you could go to McDonald's and fuck it if a quarter pounder doesn't fucking hit the spot you know and that's what you need sometimes. You need you need guys to make pumping out Big Macs and quarter pounders, even though mm-hmm. they're not good for you or mm-hmm. objectively good in the long span of things, right? But fuck you, you need a quarter pounder sometimes. And I love people who make quarter pounder movies. Mm-hmm. I don't need gourmet burgers, right? Can't mm-hmm. we have people who make gourmet things make gourmet things instead of trying to dip their feet into burgers? I don't know. Maybe I'm uh, off I mean, topic. <laughs> I know. I'm well. I'm with you on that, and that I sort of um, I make you know. I eat a lot of. I'm vegan, so I don't. I don't get a quarter pounder, but I eat a lot of Taco Bell. Yeah. I eat a lot of Impossible Burgers from Burger King. You know, I like my little snacks, some like pita and hummus, and yeah. like simple shit. Um, but uh, you know, I also try to. Um, 
I think it's good to broaden your horizons. Yeah. And sometimes you watch like an art house film and you're sort of like sitting there looking at it and you're like, yeah, I, I, I get why people like this. This is a very well done thing. And, and sometimes you watch an art house movie that just fucking like it, it, it really like it's not like you're just you appreciate it. You genuinely it you. love it. Yeah. Like like um, I sort of had that reaction to like Werner Herzog's um Nosferatu remake that he made in the late 70s, which I was like, oh, this is a deep cut. I don't know if... Uh, no, it's a genuinely like mesmerizing uh, piece of art. Um, you know, but... Um, yeah. It's cool to... I mean, this is why, this is why we are co-hosts. Yeah, you can't, you can't subsist only on gourmet meals. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need some home cooking. Sometimes you need some trash fast food. It's like, you know, we live in the modern age of cinema. You know, back in the old days, people used to wear suit and ties to go to the movies. And they used to hit the spot because guess what? It's a gourmet experience every time. But now, cinema's for everybody. I don't think that's true. I don't think I don't think like I don't think all movies that were churned out in the forties were oh no quality no, they weren't but you were forced to treat them like they were quality uh huh like back then you had to treat them like they were quality yeah yeah even to, though they weren't smoke on a plane if you wanted yeah to. and now cinema's for everybody you can say a movie's trash because hmm. fuck it dude if the fat dude in, in sandals and shorts with with the fucking sauce, ketchup, and mustard all over his shirt, is watching an art house movie, and he's like, sucks. Fuck it, dude. He, he's allowed to say it. Yeah. But, but we're also allowed to say fucking, uh, uh, uh what's, what's the movie? We uh, Guardians of the Galaxy suck. That same neckbeard basement dweller is going to be sucking Guardians of the Galaxy's dick for the next 30 years, and I can still say, dude, that shit's Trash, and my opinion is more valid because I have a movie podcast. That's right. Um, yeah. So, movie Bob, we're looking at you. Yeah. You know, neckbeard. Check yourself, you fucking yeah, little prick. Yeah. You're whining on Twitter about how everybody hates you for existing. That's exactly right. Because they should. Because you like Marvel movies. You like. Fucking Marvel! You you jacked off to, to 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 the new Star Wars movies because you 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 secretly like them, but you'd hate that 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 ooh this the oh there's too many women in my movies and then I'm like man shut the fuck up. Why are you such? Here's the thing: when will you ever be held to answer for your misogyny? Yeah, you literally said you hated. <laughs> The new Star Wars movies because they had a female lead. Now I did. I've been very vocal about my hatred for the new Star Wars movies, but it's not just because it has a female lead. Yeah. Why would you say something so so horrible? I mean, why? Like you should be. You should apologize. You should donate all of your Patreon funds. No, don't apologize. Fuck all that shit. Just go to your local movie theater, and when me and Will catch you outside, you're gonna we're gonna run up on you. We're gonna run up on you. It's like fuck, fuck all this other shit. Let's get back to the 1940s when people used to just run up on each other all the time. Yeah, and that's just how it was in the 40s. People would just run up on each other like it's nothing. It's like hey, I have to report to the police that I was run up on, and the police just look at you and it's like, son, it's the 40s. 
everybody's yeah. getting run up on. Yeah, come on. This is, uh, what, what do you think this is? This is the wild, we this are living New in, York the, in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, we're living in the wild west of cinema times. All people can make movies. All movies are for everybody. It's all power of movies to all people. Me and Will, we're gonna shoot a movie, and it's we're gonna say it's an art house movie, and we can we can say that shit, and you can't because you suck at making movies. Where's your movie, movie Bob? But can I? I I, mean, I do really just want to make a point about. I have been exploding. I'm all over the place. I'm just I'm just shooting my 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 goo on all over the place. I mean, I I do agree with you though to the extent that. Um, I don't, like, movies have always, in a way, been for everybody, theoretically, but, re- like, in reality, they've always been for, you know, either maybe you are a cinephile and you love movies and you go every week, or you, um, or you just like to, you know, take the family, and sometimes you really just happen to see something that really strikes a chord with you, but, like, now, it's like, um, I think what I kind of hate about movie discourse is like the same reason like political discourse is so um, just abominably bad is because it's like now it's it's like expanded and sort of like um, pervaded like every like like crevice of our lives where it's like now it seems like everybody has to have an opinion on like the pop culture discourse just like everybody has to have an opinion about like politics even if you have no fucking idea what's going on mm-hmm. with anything. And, it, it, I mean, it's maddening. Like, the, the new um, Joker movie was, like, sort of this... Um, kind of became this, like, talking point... Or this, this like, like ground zero for, like, cultures about, like, you know... Like, depictions of, of inc- incels and, like, mm-hmm. you know, like... Um, uh, is this an incel movie or, or is this, you know, a, a, a movie for, for MAGA teenagers or whatever? And it's like, you know, what about, like, if it's good or not? Yeah. Or, or like, how did it actually make you feel? And um, yeah. that's, like, the most infuriating thing to me. Like, I, I like, I mean, it, it's, it's, and just, like, to, like sort of demonstrate how much it's made people lost their minds. Like I've talked to multiple people who talk about the new Star Wars movies and they talk about the Mandalorian, but they don't always talk about it in the context of like, oh yeah, I really like the Mandalorian or I really hate it. They're like a lot of times I'll see people bring it up in the context of like, yeah, dude, like the Mandalorian is so good and you just know that it has to make Kathleen Kennedy so fucking mad because like what? She's because she tried to do her SJW agenda with the Star Wars sequel and it didn't work. But now we get a real ass Star Wars TV show um, that doesn't have an SJW agenda and it's actually good. And it's like, first of all, you can say what you want about why, like, why the Star Wars movie, the new ones are bad and like stuff about like you know, there's all this like performative girl boss shit, but like. When you start talking about, like, an SJW agenda, you start to sound like people who talk about, like, the gay agenda. Yeah. And you sound insane, and this is kind of, like, this is another real axe that I have to grind with, like, again, like, people who orient their entire, like, lives and, like, views of art and pop culture around the Marvel movies and the Star Wars movies is, like, like, it's just, it's, like, um, it's just so arrested, it's so immature. I'm like, 
you know, I, I can't, it's not enough to just like have an opinion about why a piece of art or a movie is like good or bad on its own terms. It has to, like everybody has to have a fucking opinion about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it has to be an opinion that's somehow connected to the broader pop culture discourse. So is there a broader pop culture discourse? Do you think there is? I don't think there's a broader pop culture discourse outside of, like, let's make a movie that makes a ton of money. No, I think there totally is. Like, I think, um, like, you know, people use this stuff as, like, um, sort of benchmarks of where you stand politically. Ah. Like, oh, if you didn't, if you, you don't, you're already shitting on the new Lady Ghostbusters movie and it hasn't even come out. Or, oh, you're saying, like, Ray from Star Wars is a Mary Sue. I mean, this is kind of, like... It's like they don't they don't let you make a judgment, or they won't let you they don't won't let you say why you don't like the movie. Yeah, they just assume you don't like it for this other reason. Yeah, I mean, and there there really are people I think who um, might accuse you of being racist or sexist because you don't like a certain thing, and I think the extent to which those people exist is greatly exaggerated. Yeah. And it's like completely overblown. But those people do exist. Maybe. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you have people who like... Who like movies, even though they're not good just for like aesthetic reasons. Or Yeah, or like they're, they're, they're like, um, ooh, this movie is an SJW movie, therefore it's bad. Yeah. I, you know, it doesn't make sense. It's so, it's, so imma- it's so immature. Yeah, it's like people who hate it on... Um, uh, the new Oceans movie, the, the, the all women's Oceans movie. Yeah, like some people were were, were saying that again. Oh, oh, this is just gonna be another Lady Ghost bus. It's already bad. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even give it a chance. And when you watch the movie, fucking good. Yeah. I liked it. it was fucking great. It, yeah. it was an Oceans movie. I love Oceans movies. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like the it's it's Logan Lucky. It's it's literally a Logan Lucky movie. Logan Lucky is about like literally people who who yeah you know it's that's the opposite of an sjw movie i would say mm-hmm. i don't know yeah maybe i don't know maybe i'm just generalizing too much here i mean i think some of i don't know i i, I try not to like do you think generally. there are people out there that loved logan lucky but hated the new oceans 8 um there are my people who who claim they did but didn't i mean i don't want to like assume that like Anybody who says they hated Ocean's 8 or said it was shit haven't seen it. I mean, maybe pe- there were people who... I mean, there's plenty of, like, fair criticisms of the movies. Like, like there's there's fair, like... Yeah, some of the plot didn't make sense Yeah, Ocean's 8. There's a lot of plot holes, period. Yeah. Accepted. Well, um... Yeah, I don't know. I think, um, like I said, there's just a lot of stuff about like it it feels like a lot of um a lot of stuff about movies now sucks um i think part of it is that it's like been sort of subsumed by just mediocrity but it's also been subsumed by a bunch of dumb culture war shit i mean the whole point that i was trying to make with like the character that i was doing earlier which was a joke yep was a character wasn't wasn't real was um you know it's it's like 
it really is a shame to me that um, there are a lot of like uh, more like you know female content creators and like people of color and like um, different stories are coming out yeah and that's like a great thing and, and why would anybody have a problem with that but then sometimes it becomes tied to um, a conversation about a franchise that's like half a century old where it's yeah. just like I you know I'd rather see um, you know p- people telling like new stories and, and part of like telling new stories means um, new um, new Jeez, stories yeah. they are not like you know new franchise yeah, I don't not, wanna, not a franchise just a game be a movie yeah. not a sequel imagine I that I don't want I don't want to see Star Wars again but with just people of color yeah that's still the same story there's like yeah nothing different about it I mean it's just I, I want fresh stories man that's yeah. what we want that's what I think that's what the what we want out there right now and, and I think there's so many content creators out there mm-hmm. and I just I want to give them the, the I wish they had more opportunity to share their stories even if they're not great visions you know mm-hmm. like maybe their first one won't you know go through well yeah you know? but they need to like get their first one out there right you you got to write your first novel before you write your masterpiece mm-hmm. right you got to make your first movie before you make your, your 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 fucking hit right yeah like Christopher Nolan went through um his early shit his first movie cost six thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. It takes time, man, and uh, there's a lot of these stories. It's a great movie too. It's a good movie. Yeah. Maybe some. Well, some people just aren't geniuses. All right. <laughs> some people need to fail. Well, he's a little overrated. He I think James Cameron is better. You think James Cameron's better than Christopher Nolan? I think James Cameron's entire body of work is impeccable, and the fact that one person made. True Lies, Terminator Two, True. and Aliens is oh, like yeah. almost like gravity defying. That is a, that is true. Wow. So that is true. Do you know what James Cameron? Not overrated. No, not even remotely. Mm-hmm. If anything, underrated. Yeah. Christopher Nolan, a little bit overrated. A little bit overrated. overrated. So action movies. Yeah, police story. Overrated. Fucking, but also underrated. They're underrated. Yeah, dude, watch more Hong Kong cinema, Chinese cinema. Don't watch. Go like, back and watch John John Woo. Yeah, watch some old stuff, man. There's some good stuff coming out, man. And watch watch some of the um, movies that Steven Seagal has been putting out in the 2000s and 2010s. You know, most oh, of it I think is Russian dog shit. <laughs> but it's the point is that what we're trying to say here on the pod is watch more movies yeah just watch any movie even yeah. if you just scroll through your netflix find the first title put it on mm-hmm. watch a bit of it you didn't like it you didn't like it you did yeah did man your time's not that valuable folks it's really not you it is not you have time to waste shit dude i just blew through almost an entire series of k-drama and mm-hmm. k-dramas aren't that good watch some k-drama watch Watch some well, anime, watch some K-drama, watch some HBO Max, watch How To by with John, John Wilson. Wilson. That's your absolutely magical. Magical. Watch yeah. some uh, watch some quality TV, bad TV. You like Jeopardy? Uh, yeah. Ninety Day Fiance. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what y'all like, listeners. Watch Australia's Cheap Weddings. Yeah. 
Or uh, watch Great a masterpiece. Show. Watch this. Watch, watch, watch Citizen it. Kane. Yeah. I'm going to watch. Ooh, you know what? I want to watch Mank. Mank. And then do that, an episode on that in Citizen Kane. Because David Fincher uh, just released a movie on Netflix called ooh. Mank, which is about um, Herman Mankiewicz, who was the co writer um, of Citizen Kane. And um, I've heard pretty good things about it. It hasn't been like universally acclaimed but it it's you know he's a great director and citizen kane is um i would say deserves the sort of um kind of i guess status that it has yeah. you know it's one of the greatest movies of all time and uh but anyway but a little overrated in my opinion fuck off <laughs> there is anyway go out and you know what when you're done listening to this Watch a freaking movie. Yeah, man. That's what we're here to inspire you. Just like Police Story it inspires you to watch action movies. And just like Rush Hour makes you laugh, I hope our podcast makes you want to watch a movie. And I think I have enjoyed my time telling you guys about my random thoughts that are just shooting all over the place at random, mm-hmm. ranting. I mean, we'll just rant. This isn't really it's just our It's been a little bit podcast. of a sort of... Uh, I was going to end the episode by just saying, well, thank you for listening to our episode on Rush Hour and Police Story. But, um, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, it's a little... Um, little... Sometimes we're a little bit loose as a goose here. Yeah, we're loosey-goosey. We're a little loosey-goosey, but we promise. Lefty-loosey. We're going to try to... Not um, righty-tighty. Lefty-loosey. You know, give a little bit more structure. Nah, like, fuck structure. Nah, fuck structure. You're, you're listening because you want to hang out with us. Let's yeah, be real. man. We are fond people who just relax. And enjoy. Anyways, coming at you live from the podcast studio, hidden on the moon, or Hong Kong, Mm -hmm. or the Kremlin, or who knows? Yeah. Somewhere inside your heart, Hmm. just like the Soviet Union. We uh, we want to give our farewell. This has been your boys, uh, Will and Ramel. Yeah. Have a great day. And signing off, courtesy of Michael Caine.